0: It is a Tuesday. That means after 10 o'clock, we talk finance with Brian Hirsch, who's joining us not in studio today, but over the phone. Uh, Brian, good morning.
1: And sorry I couldn't get into the studio this morning.
0: No problem at all, as long as you're with us. Now, Brian, I've personally been looking um, at EduFunds um, and and, and which sort of EduFund uh, product would give me the best returns over a 10 to 12-year period. Um, And it's something that a lot of parents are looking at. Um, Are edu funds still sort of the best way to save up for a child's education these days? Or are there other means of doing it? Like just investing your money in whatever unit trust, whatever stock option, uh, um, you know, products there may be, a combination thereof? Or just saving your money in the bank, really?
1: Well, way the longer time horizon you've got to the more aggressive and growth orientated you can be you mentioned to me 12 years 12 years is a long term time horizon you're not looking for income you're looking for to put money away to educate your children it's more tertiary education and also secondary education yeah So the best time to start saving, and I think about myself and my two grandchildren were born uh, 10 and 12 years ago, I started putting money into Satrix. I wanted to be in as growth-orientated, as aggressive portfolio as possible, because remember, you're not putting a lump sum up front, you're putting money in monthly. So when you put money monthly away for 12 years, the first month's pre-investment will be there for 12 years, but obviously in the 12th year, you've only got one year still to go. So you've got to stagger your investments in terms because you are saving for a particular event, and that event being, being the education. So I do believe that although they call them edu fund, education funds and all we had Fondisha, which has now stopped, we had various other funds, I don't think there's anything better for the longer term and when you talk 10, 12 years to be in a unit trust and many people are not aware that the static suites of unit trusts And the Signia Unit Trusts are all very, very efficient. Alan Gray has very efficient funds, very low costs. And what you do is you're putting money in on a monthly basis and you're you're going into growth assets so that the funds, yes, markets will be up, markets will be down. For those who are saving at the moment for education, remember the markets are down. So they are buying units in these funds at at a lower price. Than what they were a year ago. So you're going to get this principle of what they call RAND cost averaging, which means there'll be sometimes you're paying a little bit higher, sometimes a bit lower, but over a long period of time, you're not going to do any better. Uh, when I first started in the industry, the, the fashion was endowment policies. I don't think endowment policies are attractive at all, simply because remember, in the endowment, there's tax paid by both the insurance company and on the gain, there is capital gains tax. And young, young, when you're saving for young children, the, the, within these funds, uh, there may be dividends tax paid, but I don't think the tax is an issue. Uh, obviously you've got tax-free savings accounts where you can put up to 36,000 rand a year. But these are all, these are what I call rooms, you know, whether you put it into a unit trust, whether you put it into, um, a, um, tax-free saving. What's really important is how those funds are invested. The structure is irrelevant. The tax-free savings is tax-efficient over 10 or 12 years. Certainly, it's going to be efficient, not going to pay any tax on interest, no dividends tax. But you've still got to decide... Where those funds are invested, and I'm saying the longer term you have, the more growth you're going to be. So even through a tax-free savings account, you're going to go into the unit trust suite, the, the satrixes and the Signia's. You've got to decide. Someone's got to advise you how growth-orientated you be. I like three types of funds. I like the the, first, the top 40 because that gives you the top 40 companies in South Africa. I like the Sydney's offshore fund, and I also like the dividend-paying funds. Those three funds I like, and, and, and that's where money can go for education for your child. Uh, you pay costs as and when. They, they're not high costs at all, and I think that's, that's what you should be using to save for your children. I think there's a big one other aspect. So many people save for retirement, and I'm talk- just using that as an example, but they have no correlation of how much they're saving and what that means at retirement. So when you're saving for education, you need to look at whether you plan to try and get your children educated through the government or private education or even university. Work out, get someone work out what the inflation rate will be over the number of years you've got, let's say, 10 years, so whatever the university fees are today, if you're going to pay for it yourself then you're going to pay double because inflation at 7% means costs are going to double in 10 years. So you need to get someone to work out how much do you need to put away for your child's education so then, when they reach, edu- when you, like, reach that age when you want to pay for the fees, you know there's enough money. Because saving 100 grand is good. It's certainly a lot better than not doing anything. But it's not going to be meaningful against your actual fees.
0: When thinking about an edu fund, what's the best place? To, how much is a good amount of money to start with, right? Because people think, oh, I need to save enormous amounts of money, equivalent to my child's school, monthly school fees at the time, to be able to really put together an edu fund. But you mentioned something like 100 Rand. I don't know if you meant that hypothetically or I quite you realistically. It's
1: to put 100 Rand in nothing. But 100 Rand, if you put 100 Rand away, that's 1,200 Rand a year for 10 years. You're putting 12,000 Rand. If your education cost today are $30,000, that education cost is going to go up because of inflation. So you've got to do the number. You've actually got to do the number, and you've got to see how much do I need to put away to make sure that I've got sufficient to educate my child at a certain age. And then you've got to work backwards to see how much can I afford it. If not, then you know where you stand. At least you know maybe you're going to get halfway or quarter of the way. Yeah. But just putting 100 rand doesn't mean anything unless you correlate it with something at the end of how much money you're looking for. And so this like is all goal dependent now, right? You want to put 100,000 rand in a house in three years' time. You've got to calculate how much stuff you need to save now to have that, that that deposit in three years' time. It's exactly the same with education.
0: Yeah. O 2006. Give us a call if you have a question or a comment for Brian this morning. 011714 Two thousand and six. You can also WhatsApp us on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Let me let me let me start here, Brian. Um, obviously, the cost of education keeps rising over time, um, and more and more people want to put their children in private schools as opposed to public schools, uh, given the failures of the public education system. Um, what sort of what sort of benchmark, if if there is one? Uh, is to be used around. If you want to get your child into a mid-tier private school, this is how much you need to look at paying today, and how much you'd look to pay to ten years from now. Um, and here's what you need to save towards it. Are there any sort of, um, you know, metrics and benchmarks that we can look at that is a that would serve as a guideline for that?
1: Well, the guideline very simply is you decide on a school. Uh, that's where I want my child to go to, or that's where I'd like my child to go to. Find out what the costs are now. So let's assume it's, let, let, it's 25,000 Rand a year. Let's say your child's only going to go to school in six years' time. In six years' time, you've got to work out on 20, 25,000 at a 6 or 7% inflation rate. That's going to cost you somewhere like 40,000. Now I've got to save... In six years, I've got to save to get to forty thousand. So if I divide it simply, uh, uh, forty thousand divided by six to get the growth for a moment, that means I need to save six and a half thousand rand a year. I need to pay. Fi- I need to save five hundred, five thousand, five hundred. Sorry, I need to save five thousand five hundred a year.
0: Yeah, give us a call. O double one seven one four two thousand and six. We've got a couple of voice notes uh, on the WhatsApp voice note line. Let's have a listen at those.
1: Morning Oliver, morning Brian. In 1991, my late father and I bought shares from Sogan Breweries and I handed everything uh, certificate to my daughter Pumeza to find out what is really happening. They just sent her from pillar to post till today. I think she contacted Mr. Brian. Nothing, nothing is really happening. I just want to know what one can really do in these instances. Well I need to they also hear that need to there anyone. were a couple of people that were paid. Yeah. I don't know when. I okay. just want to find want to, out what can one do in this instance. What happened to Thank you, from Zara from Cape
0: Town. So yeah, Brian, you want to respond to that?
1: Yeah. I'm, I don't know what happened to Sorghum breweries it's not uh, it's not it's a company I knew, but I don't know what happened to it. Did it get taken over Did that pay out? I will check up with our Broking houses However, while I'm talk, talking to you, I had three questions last week which I was unable to answer. Do you mind if i answer if I go through them now
0: let's let's just take another voice note and then and then we can uh refer back to some of last week's questions. Let's have a listen at this. Good morning to you and Brian and the listeners. Just want to find out from Brian, uh, unclaimed benefits of uh, $42 billion, which is now $47 Ren, lying in reserve accounts, belonging to uh, former members of uh, pension and provident funds. Are these monies uh, being taxed uh, while they sit in the reserve accounts? Does Brian know about uh, any tax being paid? Uh, uh applicable on these monies uh, because uh, there was uh, an intention by treasury to tax this money uh, up front uh, even if uh, nobody's claimed it yet uh, thanks frank maritzberg
1: thank you well let me explain to you about unclaimed benefits unclaimed benefits are not taxed simply because no retirement benefits whilst in the fund is taxed it's exactly as same as a tax-free account uh, and But when you get your funds out of a retirement fund, then there are certain tax payables. You can get one-third in cash, and then there's a certain amount tax-free. But these unclaimed benefits are certainly not taxed because no dividends or interest or capital gains is taxed in a retirement fund. And these unclaimed benefits are still there. You can get hold of the... FSB, you can quote the company, uh, there's even a special line that you can call regarding uh, to check up on unclaimed benefits. I actually have one caller that, did come th- that I'm working with at the moment, uh, and I am trying to help him, waiting for some information from him, because he was a member of the fund, the fund got taken over, he left the fund and they can't find his benefits, so I am looking there for him, but the unclaimed benefits are not taxed.
0: Okay, fantastic. Let's take a quick break on the other side. We will take some calls. Talking finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. Oh, 011 one, 714 That's the number to dial if you would like to ask Brian a question or a comment. Buy Indonesia. Good morning. Good morning.
1: Ben. How are you?
0: Fantastic. So go ahead. Good. Uh, I have one question
1: for your guest. Like, I know I'd like to know if now you. Buying the, you invest the money. Who's going to look after your investors, uh, the money, or how the money growing up, like all of this stuff?
0: Like okay.
1: This. And also, I want to know if it's working like a bank, or me, I have to check every day or how the market is doing, like every day.
0: That's... Like that's now,
1: like now, I'm sitting at one problem. I bought shares from one company. Like now, they're changing, they're saying... We have to looking after our investment and then, like this, this, and then I'm still sitting in that problem.
0: Mm, mm. Thank you so much for that call. Very, very, very important uh, question. The first principles question. Uh, Brian, do you want to go for it?
1: I you hear him. Can you just repeat the question to me,
0: please? Uh, his, his question effectively was uh, when you invest your money, who takes care of it?
1: Okay. Well, obviously, when you invest your money, you're investing with institutions, and these institutions employ. Top fund managers, all with expertise in their specific field, because there's a lot of different investments you could make. I mean when you're talking about you could be when you're talking about equities, you're talking about property. There's all different property funds. There's a property fund that may be more more industrial, more warehouse, there's property funds that are office, there's shops, there's shopping centres. When you talk about equities, there are many, many sectors starting from financials and minings to technology. So these large companies that are registered and, 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 and have full governance and, and the members of the public are fully protected. When you go into their fund, they look after you and the institutions protect you. But always stick to a brand. I mean, there are lots of brands. There's 15 or 20 brands that you could easily buy into. When you talk about companies like Alan Gray, Coronation, Anchor, uh Investec, all, all these companies, they look after your funds. What, you, they, what they don't do is advise you on what fund you should be in. They, do, they are not financial advisors. They don't d- 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 advise you whether you should be in an income fund or a growth fund or how aggressive the fund should be, whether you should be onshore or offshore. That's a discussion you need to have with your agent or your financial advisor who will then determine your needs, your long-term strategy, what are your goals, what is important to you, and how appropriate is that investment to you yourself. So you, I think you mentioned the word watch, watching the markets on a daily basis. Yeah. As well. No one, what you, The last thing you're going to do is watch the markets on a daily basis. These fund managers, and I'm in, that, I'm in that field as well, have to watch the markets on a daily basis. I don't want to. I'd rather go away for six months and not look at the market because the market is not a short-term investment. It's a long-term investment. It's like when you buy a property, you don't watch the value of the property on a daily basis. You wouldn't, sometimes you wouldn't even know for a few years what the value of the, policy, of the property is, whereas when it comes to equity investments, you can get it daily. So... You shouldn't be in the market if you're going to watch the market daily. That's long-term, five, seven years out. Money market, well, you don't need to worry because when you put your money in the bank, you've got the protection. It's governed by also by all the regulators that are required and all the compliance officers within the companies. Full, you, you're fully protected. What you're not protected against is a fund manager making a bad decision. Uh, you're you You're certainly making poor selections, and that's why you need to look at past performance, which will give you a guide to future performance. It's no guarantee, because past performance is not a guarantee of the future, but you can look at the track record of any particular fund manager that you're investing with.
0: Okay. Do you want to address some of those two questions uh, from last week, Brian? So,
1: the first question I had was someone asking about the, uh, how much can you contribute, make as a voluntary contribution to a pension or provident fund. In other words, if you're a member of a fund and you want to put more into your fund on a monthly basis, you can. There are only limitations you're limited to. Firstly, you can't put more than 27.5% of your salary into your fund. And two, it can't be more than three hundred and fifty thousand rands a year, and that includes all contributions to all retirement funds. So, if you're contributing at the moment five thousand, and you want to go up to six or seven thousand, and it's within the twenty-seven and a half, you can just tell your employer, "I want to make a voluntary contribution to our fund." So, that was the first question I had. The second question we were talking about divorce, and and we were talking about um, marriages that are not registered. And the question I got was, where do you go to get help? Because to go to a lawyer today, a particular lady told me she had quoted 18,000 rand. She was being in a relationship, not married, but relationship, which, by the way, is binding. And I've got deep, I've got, I I struggled this week, so I can imagine what the public goes through. But you can always contact Legal Aid. It's legal, I'll give you the email, I'll give the email out. It's legal aid. Z A. The phone numbers are, and I'll repeat them, 011-877-2000, 011-877-2000, or 0800-110-110, 800, 000 110, 110, 0800, 110, 110. 0800 110, 110 These are organizations that help People uh, where you don't have money and you've got a claim, particularly a claim where a partner that you were in a relationship with, in a a long-standing relationship, which today is very much governed as if married and and now the partner doesn't want to give you maintenance or the the partner's died intestate and you have a claim against the estate. Please, these are numbers. I've struggled all week. I only managed to get these numbers by Friday, and that was since last Tuesday. Uh, the third question that people ask me is about timeshare and what happens if you can't afford to pay your timeshare, you can't rent your timeshare out, and you've got your levy. I'm still waiting for details on that, and I'll report back as soon as I get those details.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Brian. Really, really do appreciate it. Uh, and again, for those who just want to get in touch with you, uh, what is that contact details?
1: You yeah, are zero my number zero one one double eight zero four triple eight zero one one double eight zero four triple eight. Let me make this comment I had a very bad two weeks where I phoned people, they didn't have answering services, they didn't leave where they were phoning from, so I couldn't pass and their phone number to someone else where they live, maybe in the Cape or Natal or Free State or even in East London. So you need to leave all your numbers, where you're phoning from, and please leave, let me know whether you have an answering service on your phone.
0: Before I let you go, I've got a WhatsApp text here that I think uh, may share some information on an earlier uh, question that came through. Um, text says, yeah, The sorghum brew of Mr. Mahanyela did collapse and it gave us so much grief. They paid back only what we contributed over a period. There were never any firm of dividends, and this discouraged me in investing, but I continued with other institutions. That's from Matari in uh, Gauteng.
1: Yeah, thank you. So just one point on that, you know, there that. That caller asked about a particular share, and another caller asked me about how you, how do you know that who's looking after your money. Well, when you're investing in funds, they're not just buying sorghum beer. They're, they're buying 30, 40 shares, and their they, they objective really is to buy quality companies and Obviously, the only thing is taking market risk. I know that some years ago, Starnoff was held by all these companies, and that company collapsed. So thank you for that, uh, that, that report on sorghum beer. I didn't know where that company was. I actually thought for a moment maybe S.A. Bruise took it over. But obviously, you've answered the question. Thank you for that.
0: Thank you so much for your time. Really, really do appreciate it. Uh, that is Brian Hirsch. Uh, of course, he gave out his number and you can contact him over there and participate in any of uh, the conversations. He's here every single Tuesday at 10 o'clock uh, where, one, you can ask him questions around money matters, all wide range of issues related to money matters. But also two ways you can bring some of your problems to the fore, and Brian, uh, using his expertise, uh, will help you solve some of those problems. Um, of course, you don't have to wait till he gets you. You can contact him at any time uh, if you if you need his assistance with anything in particular.